Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome, everybody. Well, uh, we, of course, had an update today in the case of the man who uh, plowed his car into a group of... uh, Police recruits, a bunch of agencies across L.A. County were at a a training academy in the area of Whittier. And this guy, just before 6.30 yesterday morning, driving the wrong way. And I'm looking at one website where that backyard camera caught the car running right through the recruits. It just keeps replaying over and over again the moment that the car approaches the group of runners. Uh, Hit 25 of them. And, of course, we have some that are still in very bad shape. But uh, today was the day where they announced the actual charges against this man. His name is Nicholas Joseph Gutierrez of Diamond Bar, 22 years old. Let's bring in Steve Gregory for the detail on that. Steve. Oh, yeah, good afternoon, guy. So uh, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. No, my, my question is, since it's a, a murder charge, they, uh, they're not saying this was an accident. Well, it's attempted murder on a peace officer. So that's a different sort of uh, level than if it was a murder one, murder two. There's a different threshold. And that's what we'll learn tomorrow when we get the uh, charges. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department's uh, Homicide Bureau is actually taking the lead on this uh, along with CHP. They'll present the charges tomorrow morning to the DA's office because I'm told there's also pending charges. So there could be additional charges coming Uh, So we'll find out kind of what the threshold or the level of that attempted murder on a peace officer will be tomorrow. Now, Gutierrez is also expected in court for an arraignment. He's in jail right now on zero bail. Um, It's interesting because there are reports now that marijuana was found in his SUV, but he blew a 0.0 on the blood alcohol breathalyzer on a field sobriety test. Uh, So... That's kind of interesting in and of itself because he, he might have been impaired with marijuana. And I think I explained yesterday, you can't do a field sobriety test for marijuana like you do for alcohol. The, the markers are different, similar but different. And they have to get a subpoena or they have to get his permission to draw blood to find out if he had any THC in his system and at what level. So that aside, um, there was a SWAT team that actually executed a search warrant at his home in Diamond Bar yesterday. There were two women there. 
It's not clear the relationship between the two, but it, it, it's what I'm trying to find out now is why a SWAT team and why, you know, unless it was because it was an attempt murder charge, unless there's some sort of intent or whether they thought there was a hostile, it could be a hostile situation or if they, you know, maybe he had weapons or something in the home. But I was a little a little interested in why a SWAT team, because sometimes on cases like that, especially if the guy's already in jail, um, they may just send some investigators out, maybe some officers or deputies to back up the detectives. But a lot of times uh, they don't just send SWAT teams out uh, on a regular basis. It, it sounds like somebody feared that there would be resistance if they went into the house yeah, that's, by force. Yeah, when you send a SWAT team, especially the Sheriff's Department's Special Enforcement Bureau, um, they're expecting something. And now it's very possible that they were just being overly cautious because of the nature of what happened. But I found it pretty unusual that they would send the SEB out there for something like this, especially since the guy's already in jail. Has there been any talk if he had uh, an anti-police bent? Uh None whatsoever. Now, I also found it interesting that they held his name back until this morning um, for whatever reason. And I'm, I don't know whether that was and there could be a, no, a number of things, a number of reasons for that, uh, including they didn't want to tip other people off that might be friends or associates of this guy. Um, so I, I, that's the other thing that had me a little concerned was that they didn't release his name right away, because typically we're going to find out names. If You might recall, remember the woman in the Mercedes down in South L.A. who plowed through that red light, killing those people on that high rate of speed. Yeah. Um, her name was released almost immediately. Um, so in this situation, the name was held off for at least 24 hours. So that's what that's why I'm, um, you know, the suspicious part of me is starting to add this all up with the red flag. So that's yeah, kind of I, why I, I, was I wondered concerned. if they wanted to keep the name out of the media so they could go on social media sites and see if he had any anti-police manifestos. Well, that, and I think they honestly were doing that so that, that the crush of media wouldn't be swarming on the house and before they wanted to go over and do a search warrant. You know what I mean? So mm. it could have been something like that to protect the premises. Uh, it, it could be a number of those things, and I'll probably have those answers today. And I know you've got the sheriff coming on at 4. Maybe he can give you some more detail on that. Well, uh, now some family members spoke to Fox 11, called him a good kid, and said he comes from a law enforcement family. Do you know anything about that? No, but uh, you remember yesterday, one of the things that uh, investigators told me right out of the shoot was the first thing they checked for was to see if he was in any of the academies and failed out of an academy. Right. And they said they kind of disposed of that right away. But that doesn't mean he didn't have some sort of a connection or a relationship with someone else in the academy class. So, again, right now it's all theory and speculation until we get those charge but documents. They're tomorrow. not ruling anything out as of yet. No, not at all. And again, you know, I may have the answers later today, but at least in the charge document tomorrow, we should have more detail. Is he? Uh, maybe. Do you we know if he's talking, the Sheriff? Do you know if he's talking uh, to anybody or has an attorney yet or anything? We're told that uh, he doesn't have an attorney as of yet. It's not clear whether he'll get a public defender, um, but he is scheduled for arraignment tomorrow. Yeah, I just wonder if they, if, well, they probably wouldn't release it if he told them anything about, you know, why he did this. Was he high? No. Was he not paying attention? Was he? Well, know. and then as you mentioned that video, Ken, you know, it's such a disturbing video because we all know what happened in the aftermath. But to see the lead up, um, it looked it, like he didn't slow down at all. It just bothers me that he was driving in a straight line along the opposite side of the road, along the curb. Yeah. So it, it didn't look like a swerve. It didn't look like he well, lost control in any way. It looked like he was. Well, we didn't see. 
we, yeah, we, but we didn't see the minutes leading up there, the seconds leading up to that point. Because if he veered over and he was just kind of going in a straight line, he may have been veering off to the side like many people do on the freeway or on the road when they're distracted and they're looking at their phone or whatever. Uh, but um, that far, I, I think this. Yeah, that, I, and without, I hit it, without the, hitting the curb, see, you know, he was in a very precise uh, line yeah, there. It, it, I know, but uh, I was noticing markers yesterday aerial shots of the scene, I noticed some of the uh, circular markers that CHP uses and other um, vehicle investigators use. So I know they're already, they've completely uh, done a, a grid measurement of that area. And remember, we we're talking about the black box in his vehicle. They're going to be able to tell from that black box, presumably because it's a, it's a newer model, they're probably going to be able to tell, you know, what direction and kind of like a compass exactly if he veered north northwest and if he was in a straight line and they'll they'll be able to calculate whether he was on a straight part of the street a curved part of the street and whether his movements um were intentional or not nothing on if this guy works or goes to school nothing we can tell as of now and uh you know i'm always surprised with families because you know very very rare to never have I ever heard a family say yeah my kid was a bad kid so oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the good kid thing is really like, yeah the good kid thing and the pictures of them you know uh, as altar boys and you know graduating oh. high school and all that <laughs> so uh, you know if attempted murder charges are being filed on a peace officer that's pretty serious um and now god forbid any any one of these recruits passes away then obviously that's going to escalate it in a different direction yeah how are they doing by the way the uh, the, late, the injured the, Everything's everything's stable. The five critical are still in critical condition. The uh, the man on the ventilator, the young man on the ventilator at St. Francis, is still hanging on, um, and it looks like everything's pretty stable. We were hoping to get a medical update sometime this afternoon as well. All right, Steve. Thank you very much for that report. You got it, guys. All right, as Steve mentioned, Sheriff Villanueva is going to come on the air at four o'clock to talk more about this. Uh, they have released the information on the twenty-five injured. One was with the Pasadena PD, a recruit. One with Two with Bell, two with Glendale, and the other 20 injured were all L.A. Sheriff's Department recruits. So I'll keep you posted on this story. When we come back, you know, week to week. Remember last week's wild chase with a guy that carjacked a couple of vehicles, John? Well, the guy with the priors, too. He was a parolee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to go through all the charges they hit him with. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, I think he matched uh, all the charges he'd had combined in his in his life Career? so far, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he had been arrested 18 times in the past. And, boy, he's got a long list of charges for that chase. Right, and so happily, it, he's being charged in Orange County. Yeah, I which, see that. Which means he's actually going to go to prison. All right. So, <laughs> and they'll follow through with the case, too. Next, of course, is another keyword. Uh, that's right. You get the keyword. Follow the instructions. You could win $1,000. John and Ken, KFI, AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, the two biggest stories in the last week or so involving the criminals both uh, had uh, moments uh, in Whittier, which is kind of weird. Of course, we just talked about the man that plowed his SUV into a group of police recruits who were jogging in a neighborhood of South Whittier. A week ago yesterday, we had that wild pursuit where a man by the name of Johnny Anchondo, who is a parolee from Moreno Valley, uh, was, uh, well, the police tried to pull him over. Uh, he didn't want to pull over. So he eventually made his way to a parking lot and he stole a man's work van. From there, the pursuit wound its way and eventually ended in Whittier because that van was coming apart. <clears throat> he hops out, he jumps into a family's house, and he steals their pickup truck. The chase continues. 
till finally he pulls into a Hacienda Heights gas station. Sheriff's deputies fire non-lethal force projectiles at the car, and he finally gives up. So he stole two vehicles along the way and entered that home in Whittier. Well, we know today, and as John mentioned, because it ended in Hacienda Heights, the Orange County DA's office is prosecuting the case. Right now, this man is still in the L.A. County Sheriff's Department's custody, yeah. but he will be turned over to Orange County Get him pretty soon. transferred to Todd Spitzer immediately. The list of charges is breathtaking. I mean, that, that was about an hour and 15 minutes worth of crimes there that, that we it saw. Um, so here it is. One felony count of carjacking. One felony count of first-degree burglary. Eight felony counts of assault with a deadly weapon. Uh, one felony count of assault with a deadly weapon, two felony counts of theft, one felony count of evading a peace officer and reckless driving, one felony count of resisting an executive officer, three felony counts of vandalism, three misdemeanor counts of hit and run, one misdemeanor count of evading a peace officer, one misdemeanor of a brandishing a weapon, one misdemeanor possession of a controlled substance, one misdemeanor possession of a controlled substance paraphernalia. Say, so 54 that- years if convicted on all the counts. Would be 21. the possible sentence. That's 25 charges. Yeah, he got hit with 25 charges. That is, of course, more... he was he was on parole for a carjacking and evading police. On parole. Now, I, I I don't know. Oh, I don't know why journalists don't do this. Maybe I'm the only one who wants to know this. I want to know the name of all the people involved in the parole. Like who who looked at a guy who had 18 arrests under his belt and said, "Yeah, we can trust him." <laughs> he's not going to cause any trouble. Like, who Who are those jackasses? He's 33. He's got to be slowing down, right? Uh, I don't know. I think he's Man a, gets he, into his 30s. He starts to see his life ahead of him. He starts to be more responsible. No, it doesn't happen. I think he's... You a, know what George Gascon told us? He passed 25 years old. Guys get more mature. No? <laughs> I, he's in peak form. You know, you got to look at the uh, scoreboard. Yeah, honestly. Uh, yeah, uh, apparently the... Orange County DA's office says we'll do everything in our power to hold this dangerous individual accountable for the dozens of crimes he committed across two different counties. This is Todd Spitzer's statement. It's only by the grace of God that an innocent person wasn't seriously injured or killed yeah. by someone who was hell-bent on doing whatever he wanted to do to escape, including stealing multiple vehicles and assaulting numerous law enforcement officers. Now, did, did uh, Spitzer do what he did on another case where he just jumped the line? And, and charged this guy first because some of the crimes were committed in L.A. County. They were. I, 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 only, I only thought because it ended in Hacienda Heights in right. Orange County that that might be why they took jurisdiction, but I do not know. Yeah, all right. right. Well, because I, you know, I, I don't see any quotes from Gascon. No. Uh, <laughs> Gascon I, conceded. I, I, you, you, you charge the criminals, Todd. I'll go after the police officers. Because, That's what I like to do. Yeah, because it was L.A. County Sheriff's deputies who finally... Uh, we're, yeah, they're the ones that fired the uh, the stuff into the car. Yeah, the non-lethal uh, bullets, and and they're the ones who crashed into him. So you yeah. think uh, you think Gascon would be involved in a prosecution? What am I saying? Am I insane? <laughs> He's not going to do that. Uh, so, I, and and who are the people? Where, where did he have the eighteen arrests? Was that Riverside County? I think it was because he's from so, Moreno Valley. Okay, who's the Riverside prosecutors? Well, I remember we found out a couple weeks ago they're short of judges. So. <laughs> They were remember they were dropping charges against people. Who yes, did that right. story two weeks ago. Right. So you know. Hey, is anyone doing? Do you their, have time for a parolee? Is anyone doing their job? Anybody showing up for work? This is the world we live in today. Even uh, on the hybrid model. I, 
It's, I mean, honestly. And when they get to work, what do they do there now? Uh, the Andres Benitez was uh, the man and his family who got carjacked in Whittier. We did talk to him last week. And, uh, you know, that GoFundMe did raise more than $100,000 for the family. That was their landscaping truck that was stolen by this Santando and the one that ended up at the end of the chase in Hacienda Heights. And when we talked to Andres Benitez, he said they were going to keep it because it's part of evidence. I don't know if they've gotten it back a week later. I wish there was a way to really put this guy away for the 54 years he's due and that he could spend uh, life in prison until he's 87. Maybe at the age of 87, we'll trust him. I don't think that'll happen. That's not California's justice system today. Why, why do we even have... When you see faces 54 years, people turn the story off and think, okay, well, that, that guy will be put away for a long time. Oh, no. There'll be a plea deal. Charges will be dropped. Do You, think, you know how it works. Do you think we see him... It'll again? come down to a few years. Do you think we see him again in another chase in uh, less than five years? Yeah, we got to start correcting these guys' names down and recording them because... <laughs> That's you're laughing, oh, but that's Johnny actually, Anshondo. You remember him? Yeah. Oh, greatest hits back in 2022. Remember what he did? Look at that. Carjacking people. He's back on the field. Oh. It's crazy as ever. And of course, both stories now may involve <clears throat> controlled substance and drug paraphernalia. We think that the uh, guy that plowed into the police cadets in Whittier had marijuana in his car. That could be a factor there. And I don't know what the drug was here with Anchondo, but that's part of the charges against him. So he obviously had something that uh, was uh, keeping him going there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, both th- these people have like unusual amounts of energy, don't they? Yeah, it's a, oh, this guy was unbelievable. Yeah. He was just not going to quit. I mean, I, watching that on TV I, last week. I mean, no normal person can relate to what he was doing. To just have to have the drive to do this, to have the intensity to keep going and going and going. Could you imagine ever tr- slamming your car into a police vehicle seven times, driving on the wrong side of the road, going on a hundred mile an hour wild chase on freeways? I we always wondered if part of the reason is these guys because they're parolees. No, I can't get caught here. I'm already on parole. This is going to make it a lot worse for me. I got to get away somehow. I don't know. And there is every now and then, right? It's rare. Somebody does escape a police chase. I thought this guy was disappear. going to. Remember some guy went up in a tree or something? Yeah. I, no, when I they think dis- they did catch that guy. When they disappear into residential areas and, and they could hide in backyards. Oh, the Tops is a shopping mall. Get yourself yeah, right. into a large shopping, like an indoor shopping mall. Yeah, a guy did that, I remember. Uh, there's so many stores, so many areas where people mm. are walking around. It's easy to, to just fit in, hide. Right? Yeah. Going to a dressing room and sitting there for an hour? I don't know. Take uh, off your hat. <laughs> Relax. everybody. All right, we got more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI, AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Hey, the moist line is tomorrow. Believe it or not, it's coming back around. Last time we checked yesterday, plenty of openings for you to leave a message. Get yourself on the airwaves. We play the calls at 520 and 550. You can leave a message using the iHeartRadio app. It's easy. There's a little microphone icon, and you work with that to leave a message, or you call the toll-free number, of course, one 877 1-877-664-7886. Well, Karen Bass spoke to her supporters as the next mayor of Los Angeles. We'll talk about it after the news at 3 o'clock. And now that the Democrats have maintained control of the United States Senate, is it time for Garcetti to be ambassador to India? We'll cover both these stories coming up after the news at 3 o'clock. We'll be talking to Sheriff Alex Villanueva at 4.05, the outgoing sheriff, unfortunately. 
about the situation with the police recruits who were run over in Whittier and a man in that case was charged today. <clears throat> the case is being turned over to the district attorney. We're now going to go back to a story we actually did cover in February of this year, and we would only cover it because we have an animal lover on the program. We do? Who, it seems, sticks animal stories into her newscasts wherever she can, if you listen carefully Yeah, enough. there's a definite bias. Uh. And she... <laughs> you think? Uh, she was pretty worked up over this story. It's understandable, but now we have the long narrative. We have the long story behind what happened in a neighborhood of Sacramento called Arden Arcade, where, well, here's the bottom line, a postal worker clubbed a turkey to death. Yeah, that's just disgusting. An enormous turkey, as it turned out. Some say they couldn't believe how large it was. See, this neighborhood has been bothered by wild turkeys. What happened after this is the California Department of Fish and Wildlife took over and investigated what happened to see whether or not the postal worker should face any disciplinary charges at all, either just internally or even criminally. The long report was received. The Sacramento Bee went looking for it. So they put in a Public Records Act request and they got the report from the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. It all started in October of 2021 when postal mail carriers reported trouble with aggressive wild turkeys in the Sacramento neighborhood. The agency started receiving calls of aggressive turkeys that were threatening and interfering with mail delivery. Officials went with their go-to response. Don't feed them. Maybe you try to open up an umbrella and dissuade them from approaching you. No, that didn't work. By mid-October, the birds were not responding to the normal shooing away. And one of the mail carriers actually injured his hand. So you see, Deborah Mark, the toll is beginning, right? So what happened next is the agency has a human wildlife conflict team. <laughs> Seriously, they do. Uh, mail carriers run into all kinds of uh, animal conflicts. Yeah, it's usually dogs. Usually, it, yeah. It is dogs. Maybe the occasion mountain lion. But uh, So the human wildlife conflict team headed to the neighborhood to see if they could figure out what to do. The conflict team? They do. They have a wildlife conflict is team. Is this like the a Department group, of Fish and what game? Yeah. Like the group of social workers they want to use on violent gang members? It's just the same Kind idea. of it is. Yeah. It's, it's when they get reports that uh, wildlife is disturbing humans or vice versa. And so they, they have this team to go in there and see what they can find out. Do they talk the turkeys down and calm them? Well, they did a reconnaissance operation. They took video. And here's what they found out that was absolutely fascinating. The turkeys just don't like the mail carrier or his truck. Everybody else could walk right by him, walk right up to him. They didn't care. When the mail carrier did, oh, they went nuts and they got aggressive. What do you think of that? I think that the mail carrier was probably very, very mean. And they I don't know. think it was one mail carrier. Yes. I think it's been several. Well, okay, then they're all mean. They don't like the post office. I have seen this with animals. I have seen dogs that don't like... There are, there are some animals that don't like people in uniform. They find something weird about it. Or like I've seen dogs in my neighborhood that do not like people on skateboards or on bicycles. They go nuts when they see that. That's true. You could walk past the dog. They don't care. But if you're on a skateboard, it must be the noise. I can't figure they it out. They get scared. There's a picture here of the turkeys pecking away at the postal truck tires. They're attacking it. <laughs> okay, but isn't there something else you can do rather than murder a turkey? The mail carrier says, what is it? Do I have odors on me? Is it the vibrations was, of the truck? We don't know what this is. See, the postal worker is not, not bathed. I... 
On video, the turkeys are, are literally yelling at the mail carrier. They They're can making sense. their sounds. They can sense, but animals can sense. They when can. people don't like animals, they can, or when they feel threatened. Or they're uh, maybe these people are just mean maybe, to maybe, these animals. Maybe the now, turkeys uh, sense uh, lazy government incompetence. <laughs> this split the neighborhood. Some people said yes. They even called them the drumstick gang. This is actually a gang of wild turkeys that could be very aggressive. <laughs> Others felt bad that one got clubbed. Who to could death. be yeah. quickly turned into drumsticks. So after this operation, they did get approval to kill two to four of the birds. Why? Well, the first they tried capture operations. That did not work. Turkeys are a little slipperier than you think. They could not capture them. So the aggression continued till we got to the day where this postal worker was at his wit's end and apparently uh, he had carried some sort of a large club with them in the truck. Uh. On February 28th, around 2.30 p.m., blood was spilled on Morse Avenue. That was it for the turkey. He killed the club right in the street. Wow. Now That is, okay, that's beyond. And look, I have a little taser, right? Not to tase animals, but because it makes a noise. So if a coyote gets too close, right, it sounds this this high-pitched noise that the coyotes don't like, my dogs don't like it either. Why couldn't, why couldn't these postal workers do something like that? Do you know? There's a mentioned in here that they tried any kind of noise or... Right. So somebody, you go with clubbing a turkey to death? That's inhumane. Somebody, That's awful. Somebody then took the dead turkey and smuggled it into their house for three days. Well, it was almost Thanksgiving. No, I'm <laughs> It was February. <laughs> uh, then, of course, uh, John's favorite, the neighborhood networking app went crazy with everybody just uh, laying out their opinions. <laughs> wanted wanted the mail carrier to be punished. Others saying the turkeys were a menace. So Fish and Wildlife responded. I know that many of us are busy. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen to this story. There's there's a woman who uh, 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 she said before the turkey was killed, she saw a mail character, a mail carrier, brandishing a large pole, I guess, and waving it at the turkey. And she oh, crossed her. Keep him at a distance. She crossed her front yard to shout at him, never to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> you go, lady. <laughs> well, she, the story became national, and eventually, uh, Fish and Wildlife decided not to charge the postal worker with anything. Uh, they had a group discussion deciding whether the birds are removed or whether the softer educational approaches should occur first. Well, it's self-defense. If you're under attack, okay. you have the right to defend yourself. Again, until they try something else, as I mentioned, a taser, even pepper spray. But clubbing a turkey to death, that's yeah. a little much, don't you think? I mean, seriously. Well, we got to say this. Things have died down there, so maybe the other turkeys got the message. <laughs> well, really? <laughs> yes, apparently it has. Hey, did you hear what happened? It to says Ralph? here the whole thing has died down. There hasn't been well, the street is boy, quiet. That does mean that the the whole story, the turkeys seem to have some uh, intelligence going on that I didn't know they had because they, they were intentionally going after the mail carriers. That woman that right? you mentioned, so, she says so. she has not witnessed turkeys chasing mail trucks in quite some time. Uh huh. Well, all right. Then you got to make an example sometimes. Others just think there are fewer turkeys running around than there used to be. And this that is, could be just something that's cyclical, and they've kind of just moved is, on to a know, different place. This is like uh, you know sending uh, killers to the death chamber, right? And the other prisoners see what happens, and if they no, this this was beyond. Deborah Mark, there are bad turkeys. You yeah, just I have know. To accept that. I, I do accept it, but I don't accept clubbing to death a turkey. I, I don't think that's necessary. I think that the the, the mail carrier should have tried something else. They all should try something else before you, you do that. I mean, that 
I mean, I could even under. I mean, no, I, I, I wouldn't condone this, but even maybe doing something not so brutal as clubbing a turkey to death. Oh. I mean, how painful. I, I mean, at least if somebody shot the turkey, it was bam and it was over with. Right. But the way that this turkey was murdered is just reprehensible. All right. We've heard from the animal lover. Ah, I'm so upset. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, I can hear it in your voice. Well, no, I really am because I just you, uh, it's you, unnecessary. You you bleed for every animal that suffers. I do, I do. It, it just makes me it just makes me crazy. It really does. And and, th- and this was just ridiculous. All right, Johnny Kent Show, KFI AM six forty live everywhere. The iHeartRadio app. All right, uh, the Congresswoman Karen Bass took a victory lap this morning with her supporters. She is the next mayor of Los Angeles. We got one clip to play, which uh, tells me uh, we're in for a tough time, at least on the homeless issue. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll give you the latest. She won't. She will not do anything substantial. She won't. I, I don't think so either. But mark we'll... mark it down. It, she's not going to do anything. She's going to be all talk. Just uh, just a gas bag. Uh, we'll also bring you up to date on the outgoing uh, mayor, Yoga Pants, and his chances to become ambassador to India. Uh, also, interesting story, and it gives you a bit of an idea about the slow vote count. The El Segundo Times tracked a ballot in Orange County, a mail-in ballot, to show you exactly all the processes that they have to go through now that we're an all-mail-in state. Anybody can vote by mail if they want to. And increasingly, that's what most of the voters are doing. We'll get into this after yeah. three. I'm, I'm sick of all the, uh, all the uh, uh, progressive journalists writing apology stories, uh, telling everybody to calm down and be patient to count the votes. No. Every other state is just about done. Now we take you back to 1865 on the John and Ken Show. The Emancipation Proclamation. Now, why would we bring that up? Why would we well, bring this up? It has, it, it, of course, it outlawed slavery, but there was, a, there was an exception. It permitted indentured servitude if a person was convicted of a crime. So now we had a movement in Sacramento, but it did not get enough votes. They wanted to put an anti-slavery measure on the ballot here. Voters in a number of states already did the same thing. Now, the problem here is it's crossing over from... You can see that the advocates in the story are saying, well, California is a pro-slavery state. But it's really about the inmates. That's the situation. Here. Yeah, this is not slavery, racial slave, slavery that uh, they had in the South in the no. 1860s. This, this is about getting paid menial wages for long, hard hours. A state senator by the name of Sidney Kamliger from Los Angeles. It's a woman wrote a bill earlier this year that would have placed an amendment on the ballot asking California voters to change the state constitution in a way that would prohibit indentured servitude. Now, the way that's written, people would probably interpret it as the Old South, wouldn't they? It didn't pass the legislatures uh, in time for the November ballot, so we did not have it to vote on. She called it a stain on the consciousness of California. Outside of prisoners, who's engaging in this? Well, except for the sex slave rings, but yeah. Yeah, I know, but that's already illegal. Yeah, that's. Well, <laughs> uh, the California uh, Department I mean, of uh, Correction uh, and what? Rehabilitation has nearly 65,000 work assignments for inmates. And that's really what this bill is for. So, why can't at. you write a bill that just excludes uh, the prisons? 
it does exclude the prisons. This is the, the Federal Emancipation Proclamation does. Well, then what, what, so now the states are writing bills to get rid of it completely. They don't want the prisoners included. Oh, they don't want the prisoners. I don't think they do. I think that's really what this is about. Oh, yes. that's what it is. It is. Oh, yeah. I think that's what it this would, is about. The way the the story was written in Sacramento Bay, I could I could figure out what the issue was. Well, the way it's written in the Sacramento Bee, they're trying to make it sound like you're right. We don't want to be the old South, so let's get rid of you know right, well, indentured like, servitude okay, or slavery. That, but that's, that's not going well, on. And if it was going on, we'd find out and end it in about five minutes. Well, it's really only going on because we, there's an exception that allows for it. Seven thousand inmates have jobs through the Prison Industry Authority, which contract with state agencies and some private companies. They manufacture clothes, furniture. Other goods, and I'll get to the quote, John, where I think this is where this is headed. They don't get much. They earn eight cents to 37 cents an hour for work they perform while they're in prison. Now, according to a Senate analysis, this lady's bill would have made it an obligation to pay the minimum wage. Oh, 1550 an okay. hour, which would have cost the state north of a billion dollars a year. So this is one of those super woke progressive nuts. But of course, she said, Cindy this is not Campbell. about changing wages. It's about removing a stain from our state's constitution, ultimately from the federal constitution. This is a vestige of slavery and Jim Crow. Look, look at this. You see where this uh, is headed? Yeah. She wants, to have, she wants the prisoners to make a lot of money. So instead of addressing that issue, she changes the subject, starts screaming racism, Jim Crow, slavery. It's a complete smokescreen. It's it's a complete distraction. What she wants to do is give prisoners fifteen fifty an hour. I think she would settle for that, right? It would cost over a billion dollars a year. That's that's what she wants to do. She wants to pay them for being prisoners. Because my guess is if they, they put this on the ballot and it passed, that would be the outcome. Because you could no longer say to the inmates, well, you know, well, you got to work. Here, but they're, what they're, what they're going to do is try to fool people, people into thinking they're banning slavery when actually... They're endorsing a pay raise to pay prisoners a billion dollars for the work they're doing for pennies right now. And I, they should be paid very little. They're serving a sentence. When you're in state prison, you know, most of those people are in there for violent crimes. Yeah. So, so, so they should be forced to work for, for very low pay. That's part of the sentence. That's part of your rehabilitation. Maybe, We're just uh, in this wild, wacky universe where the inmates are now the victims. Sydney's been that way for years. Sydney Kemlegger, she's from LA. Yeah. What a nut. Boy, they're always trying to do something sneaky, huh? And and you know what the newspapers go right along with it. The Sacramento Bee headline four states banned slavery. Will California try again? I see this and I go, what, what is this? I know that's why it sounds It's not slavery. It's, it's, it's a deceptive headline. It's about giving a billion dollars to prisoners for all the uh all the fake work that they do. Jeez. All right, we've got more you know, coming There'll up. be a proposition that'll create the same confusion. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. 
let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.